Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Junk Timers. It's your old pal, Michael, here. We're going to put out a very special edition of Junk Time this week. A lot of you will be familiar over the years. Every year for the draft, we've had on a very special guest, Craig Coombs. Big Coombsy! Who was a former recruiter for Port Adelaide and a spy for Hawthorne back in the day. And each year he's come on, I think for the last eight years, and given his top ten picks for the draft. And each year, he nails it. Sorry. We nail it, okay? Because Coombs, he comes into the lab with Adam and I at Wayne Jackson Studios. And we go through the stats, left footers, right footers. We go through all the stats. And then eventually, we, I stress, I stress we, come up with our top ten. And don't we nail it? Don't we nail it, Coombs? Now, a lot of you will know that Coombs has been suffering some ill health over a long period of time. And so hit him up this week, and he uh, and he said he's just not up for it, he, uh, just through ill health. He hasn't been able to keep an eye on all the um, and all of the the draft days coming up. Because I hit him up, I was like, hey, it's Christmas time, because it is. It's the happiest day of the year. Um, but he um, apart from grand final today, obviously that's that's bigger than Christmas. Um, but he just said he's not up to it, um, which is all fine. But typical Coombsy too is like, I I don't want to let you down, and I'm like, dude. You are not letting us down, like absolutely not, always thinking about other people. And so we thought we'd put up an ep- episode. This is the first chat we had with Coombsy back in end of 2014. Uh, and I think actually this this would be my favourite episode from all of the junk times that we've done. But also a lot of you may not have heard this episode by the fact you might have jumped onto the podcast late. Um, and we actually get about 55 minutes out of Coombsy just by the f- – about. Uh, his life and times as a recruiter and a spy. Like, he kind of really delves into it that maybe he hasn't delved into as much in the other pods because we would kind of had already talked about it. So I think it's going to be quite an eye-opening episode for a bunch of you guys. Um, so we're going to play that for you now. But also, just before we head off, maybe maybe give Coombsy a shout-out. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's Big Coombsy. So B-I-G-C-O-O-M-B-E-S-Y um, because he's such a amazing bloke and done such amazing work for us over the years. They've been absolutely fascinating episodes. So uh, here we go, our first ever chat with Craig Coombs. And joining us also is very special guest, Craig Coombs. Welcome, Craig. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Now, Craig, we brought you in here today because we're going to bash you. And also, <laughs> <laughs> give us your money. Yeah. And also, you actually, uh, in, in this draft period, yeah. you uh, were recruiter for... Look, well, why don't we give your background? Why don't you tell you your jobs at the AFL? Yeah, a uh, couple of roles. Uh, early days, I was a recruiting officer mm-hmm. in two th- uh, 1997 through to 2005. Yep. And that was with Port Adelaide? Port Adelaide under the Choco's regime, yes. Yep. And, yeah, well. uh, Chris Pelkin. It was a regime. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like Saddam Hussein, wasn't it? <laughs> the way he ruled with an iron fist. Um when yeah. they deposed him and pulled down the statue of Choco outside Adelaide Oval. Yep. And then uh, on to Hawthorne 2006 to 2008 as uh, an opposition assessor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a recruiting officer. Um, before we... Because I want to ask you about the draft and because, uh, you know, everyone talks about the top ten picks and how much uh, planning goes into picking those guys. How does one become a... Uh, basically, the person who puts together a list for a team? How do, how do you get involved in that? Like, obviously, you're a bit of, bit of a footy head. Yeah, yeah, I'd had a football background for years up in New South Wales and um, just coaching and doing stuff at New South Wales AFL in Newcastle. Uh-huh. And I returned to Melbourne and I actually saw an ad placed in the Herald Sun in the bottom right-hand corner back in the old days, wanted recruiting officer Port Adelaide. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought... That's amazing. Okay, I'll shoot the resume off because I'd had some junior development coaching and senior coaching. And was that just below uh, massages? <laughs> Come to your house. <laughs> I don't want to say yes, but... Was yeah okay. <laughs> Remember the old Herald Sun in the back, like uh, page ten from the back. Yeah, I never read the front part of it. No, yeah, no doesn't point. exist. So it was in amongst all that, and I thought, 
oh, that's the real Port Adelaide. Oh, yeah. oh wow. So I sent it in um, and then... Uh, so what do you say on your uh, on the yeah. application? Love my footy. Yeah. Well, yep, like, correct. Uh, you know, yep. Uh, uh, happy to watch young boys run around on a weekly basis, <laughs> yep. like that kind of stuff. Like Pretty much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and got the shock when I got the phone call. I was like, we want an interview. And the interview was exactly like you're probably thinking. I got told where to go. It was the corner of the hotel. Remember the Carlton Crest? Yep. Yes. On yep. Albert Park. I think it's a different name now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Told to walk in there. We'll be up near the piano bar. Two guys I'd never met before. I went to the concierge and he said, are you looking for so-and-so and so-and-so? Yes, I am. Down the back corner in the dark. Done the interview there. Why was it so... Cloak and dagger. <laughs> yeah, clandestine. I actually asked that question because yeah. of being a recruiting officer. Yeah. They don't want you to be known face and name for when you're out there because then it can be stealth. That's awesome. They hate wow. you being... They That's awesome. absolutely hate people knowing who you are. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be pretty obvious when you're at every game. Correct. People would start to work out who you are. you yep. got to speak in a phony Russian accent. Yeah. You know, kind of <laughs> Prior to that... No, it was um, absolutely like that. I was quite amazed when I walked out thinking, wow, that's how they do do these things. So you work for Port Adelaide. Are you based there or do you go over there for meetings and they say, this is what we need going forward to build a list? Everything was run out of Melbourne. Head office, everything was done here because the TAC Cup was the breeding ground. Yeah. Uh And basically the only time we'd get to South Australia was if there were after the championships, if there was a player that the South Australian guys were sort of a little bit torn on, they'd send one of the Victorian guys without a bias to go, opinion and I was flown over once and the guy had done a hamstring first three minutes in mm-hmm. <laughs> opinion he hasn't got a good hamstring yeah so is that is, they don't want it to have a state lines so they don't want a, someone to be picking a South Australian because they're from South Australia do they want a bias a, a non-biased opinion non-biased just you know no background on the kid or the family or whatever just wander in yep. watch him play and give an opinion yep. yeah so they just pick David Kernahan because his correct. surname is Kernahan yeah sure exactly right yeah so that's how it all worked back those days. And so, who were the two people in that interview? The two interview, uh, two people in that interview were the great Chris Pelkin, yep. and the absolutely brilliant Alan Stewart, who is now um, is an icon in recruiting. So is Chris. So yeah, wow, well. uh, amazing men, wonderful men. Yeah, because uh, Chris Pelkin was the man who pretty much put together the Hawthorne list, wasn't he? Prior he... to the Port Adelaide one. Uh, yeah. Sorry, after the Port Adelaide one, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he's now absolutely. with St Kilda, is that correct? Uh, just left the Saints. Yep. Um, left the head of football role and um, he's been doing a bit of writing for AFL.com okay. uh, prior to the draft. And um, I'm pretty sure Pelks will land a job in AFL world somewhere. And do you, uh, like fellow um, recruiters, do you revere... Chris Pelkin, like, do you go to him and say, you know, what do you look for in a kid? Oh, oh absolutely. He was the one that gave me the chance and um, you know, I hung off his coattails for that first year pretty much until I knew the ropes. And I said that was 97, so it's 17 years ago and we're still mates um, you know, prior to, you know, this last year. Um, I'd probably catch up with Chris uh, even when I left Hawthorne, probably every every month we'd get together, yeah, okay. have dinner and just talk footy and whatnot. So how many junior games of football would you have seen uh, over the journey? Hundreds upon hundreds. It was not unusual to see three live games a day. So you'd be able to see three quarters of a game because they'd start early, drive to another one and then catch a night one somewhere. Um, And then Sunday, because it was part-time. Yeah. (laughs) Part-time. Wow. Yeah, right. And then Sunday you'd be uh, probably two games of a Sunday. Yeah. And then you'd watch tape through the week. So you'd spend a thousand plus man hours a year in recruiting part-time each each recruiter wow. would spend over a thousand hours looking at um live and tape games yeah and how many people would be recruiting f- in that period of time yeah at Port Adelaide in the early days i think we had six based in melbourne six or seven based in melbourne and, and pelks was the head of that and then um uh, yeah i think um, i think it was six and then adelaide i think they had uh, two or three in Adelaide, had I think one in Perth, one in Queensland, one in Sydney, one in Tassie. So, so were there any in that time when you went and, to Chris and Pelkin? And one in Wellington. We got a yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cake tent. Well, and one guy just hanging out in Dublin getting <laughs> hammered. And a bloke just hanging out yeah. on the footbridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so were there any in that time when you went to Chris Pelkin and said, this player is an absolute jet? We should pick him up at Port Adelaide, and he overruled you. And then that player went on to be some, you know, good somewhere else. No, Pelks was the, one of the greatest things about him was team. Yep, and everyone got a say, and everyone got a reason, and he, he'd never overrule without 
you know, a genuine reason. Yep. Yeah. And it would be a consensus. He was huge on team and having a process and a system. And it, and it worked. Well, yeah. I mean, four great years and then finally the premiership at the end of 04. Well, I'm just looking at here. So, 97. So, you were there at the ground floor putting together that yep. port team. Built the list seven years. He so did from ground up. What do wow. they do at the beginning? So, you've got to collect 40-odd players. Yep. And you've got... Uh, what what did you get from other... Uh, what were the requirements? Or, you know, did you get people from Sanford? Did Yep, they did that early year. That was the first year before I arrived when um, uh, Jack Cahill was in charge and mm-hmm. uh, before they took Choco. Yep. So they built it up with – never had priority picks or zoning, but they used it on a couple of juniors in South Australia, which I think is how they got Treadray yep. um, through that connection. They just had to build a list from the bottom up. Yep. Hard work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Real hard work. And so who were the players? Some people like Wanganeen went over. Yeah, yeah, he was taken – he came across from Essendon. Um, Cockatoo Collins. Che come, I think, the year after that probably. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, that's how they had to sort of hope that over the first three years of after that first initial build was pluck a couple. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of Pelks's best skills, I reckon. Yeah, sure. He proved that at Hawthorne too. A couple yeah. of good gets down the line there. Yeah, absolutely. And and how long does it take you – okay, so we're, we're going back to you going out to watch uh, young players run around. How long does it take you to rule someone out? <laughs> Sometimes about a minute and a half. And what, what do you see? What do you see in them? Like just no second effort, no heart, a bit soft, you know, duck their head, something like that. You just go, they're like gone. just described Adam's football career. Yeah, right? much, yeah. I had it written off in under 12s. I was just thinking, geez, you must have sat in on me because they, they, they were the things that, we, we, you know, when I was raw and taken in with Pelks, the things were if he can't kick, not interested. Yep. If he ducks his head, not interested because they'd be eaten alive. If they're doing that at a junior level yep. and if, if they are, what's the right word here, thin of skin. Yep. Because some of those older AFL blokes, the stories you hear about Carey and all them are true the about them. Oh, something fierce back then. And very clever ones and funny ones. Mm. But yeah. that's why I think some of Choco's famous interviews are true, of where he's really testing the kids because you need to. You can't... So 18. tell us about those interviews. I, I don't know about those. Does he, uh, like, just in the brutal. pre-draft interview? Yep, brutal. and But for the right reason, like testing them out in an interview, um, because knowing they're going to get tested out in the game physically and mentally. Yeah. So it's, it's not just the physical aspect these kids have got to be ready for because they walk out in the AFL ground and they will be sledged and will be called things. And So would you do things like, you know, just hide in their uh, bedroom <laughs> cupboard? Yeah, <laughs> just burst out at three in the morning with a rifle, and then <laughs> you shit yourself, mate. <laughs> Cut them off; they're gone. I reckon that needs to go into the manual because that's <laughs> that, that'd tricky. Test him out, convince and, Ricky Nixon into it. And are they in those interviews <laughs> trying to find out all about their life in terms of you know family? How far back do they investigate oh. into the family side of things? And <laughs> they try and break them. Yeah, yeah. Well. It, they kind of do, I, don't I've they? I've heard one or two stories from that, that and Pelk's wasn't that wasn't his style. Yeah. Um, but certainly through others that you've heard that, yeah, that was the, the way they did it. But family history and that, no, they need to know nowadays because mm. it costs a lot of money to recruit a kid. Yeah. And then the whole aspect. Well, just on that, so you say uh, Dale Garlett, who was recruited by Hawthorne yeah. uh, at the end of last year, a bit of a punt and went home at the start of this year. He's got some troubles with, uh, you know, uh, crystal meth and stuff over in WA now and he's in and out of prison. How much does it cost to bring a player from Perth to Melbourne to put him through the system, say, for one season? Oh, it, it, it look, depending, I suppose, what they'll paid as well. But yeah. the absolute cost of relocation, uh, development, you'd be looking a couple hundred thousand dollars you're investing in a kid. Yeah, well. You'd, yeah. You'd, it'd have to be about that much. Yeah, and you've got to plan ahead to say, Resource. all right, he's <laughs> going to, and, you know, a, a, a troubled kid like that is going to need a little bit extra, isn't he? He's going to need babysitting and to live with someone and all that kind of stuff. Which they did. Yeah, uh, but I think Hawthorne knew they could probably take the punt because the list was strong enough. Yep. If yep. it worked out, oh, blimey, another huge tick. If it did, yeah, yeah. no skin off the nose. I yeah. do believe they have won back-to-back premierships, so um, they got it right. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't win the year before. I will make the, <laughs> I will make the point. I do live I, – I can make my own way to Waverley and I've got my own plates. Like, I, I could have <laughs> saved save Hawthorne 200 grand. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll let them know. I'll get, give Graham right. I'm a little bit thin of skin, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the terminology is one of the funniest things sitting in a meeting. Yep. Like, like we had, or everyone, I'm sure you know, you've heard some words recruiters speak. Yep. Trying to find nice ways because you had to be, as you were saying before, when people had finally recognised you at a game, it was one of the worst feelings when a parent had come up, you're thinking, oh, I never used to wear Port Adelaide gear, but of course I carried a book. Yep. So if you're carrying a book and a pen at an under-18 game, the yeah. likely it is yeah. you're a recruiter. Mm. And I try to sort of hide away, but sometimes you think... Oh, I remember at Oakley sitting in the grandstand one day because it was too early season, too warm. 
sat there and I'm thinking, people looking over my shoulder here. This is my first year and I was writing good kick, bad kick. Yeah, yeah. I had to change it to find out a system for me with numbers. So I'd, I'd have your so number, you Adam's number, number 12, and I'd have a, um, a three, seven, one, yeah. eight. And I knew that the three meant brilliant kick, great hands, whatever. Yeah, right. Because I was petrified of parents and one got me one day. She was like, oh, are you a recruiter? All for Port Adelaide because I had the Port Adelaide sticker on the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my son's out there. And then your heart starts to go, oh, no, 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 please, please, not, not, don't ask the question. I don't want to. Oh, which, you know, who's your son? Oh, number 25. You look in your book and you see your code that says, ducks his head, petrified, <laughs> sleeps with two lights on, yep. very windy. And then she asks, oh, how do you think he's going? And the response was, oh, look, he's developing nicely. Got a bit of development in him. No, see, the response should have been, how much do you love your son? (laughs) Let's go back to the hotel. We've heard that before. And you show me where he wants to get drafted. Yeah, so it's the way to hide the... uh, You show me on this dolly where he wants to get drafted. (laughs) But by that logic, is there also other recruiters at the the same games that you can, you know, do you know them as well? Do you give them a bit of a nod? Is they've got the book and the code? That's that's the one, the nod. You start to really... Hello, he must work for... A couple of guys would wear their gear because the clubs wanted to see the presence. And that was always the argument. Should we wear it to show that we're a presence or not? And I just didn't feel comfortable. And Port were great because they didn't say you had to do that. Yeah, yeah. But sure. other clubs, you'd see the guy and he's got the book and you think, Damn, I just saw you, you know, two hours ago, uh, you're a recruiter. And then he'd be like, uh. so it'd be the nod. G'day, mate, how you going? Oh, yeah, all right, not a bad game. Yeah, some pretty good stuff out here. I think it was a bit of bluff. You think, geez, great talent. You're thinking, you know, yeah, yeah. the back of your mind's going, <laughs> go on, pick someone. <laughs> yeah, so that's what you did. I reckon everyone did that with Richard Tambling. <laughs> They've just gone to the Richmond recruit. I oh, mate, he's fucking he's silky. This guy, yeah. So that was the word that was thrown. Silky. All the time. Silky. The only bloke that probably deserves that tag because he's a Sean Burgoyne, but a few others, I think that's the uh, the bluff word. Well, let's go through the bluff words. So yeah. Outside. Petrified. Right. That's, uh, what, that's what Craig and I were talking about that the other day. I just yeah. brought up inside player, outside player, and, and I thought, Back in my day, if you're an outside player, if, well, you were a receiver. receiver. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and now people are banding it around like, "Oh, he's a great outside it's player." If that was no, me. No. I'd be like, oh, "Don't talk, don't call me that." <laughs> yeah. That's the word that you just added. Great outside player. I reckon that means really scared. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, endurance, slow. Is that what that means? Yeah, can't can't run quick. <laughs> yeah, he's not very quick. Yeah, uh, and what about inside? Oh, just look, he, look, that is actually a term of endearment. They think, well, I, they love that. That's yeah, your Jordan Lewis that. type, that's, isn't that's, it? Oh, yeah, very much under. so. Yeah, yeah. Hard as a cat's head type, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good leader? <laughs> yeah, good leader. Well, the, the two contexts. Would that mean he's unpopular? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read through recruiting books? I should be a recruiter. Yeah. Moneyball. Have you got something there? Yeah. No? Me and Mark Neal, Matt, we put together a good list. Uh, oh, boom, boom, boom. Okay, yes. good leader. So Excellent. that means that you, yeah, no one likes him. you're <laughs> demanding yeah. of other people. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, a name a springs to mind, but who is it? He's a, a player. I can't do that because, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, like a current player? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about tackling machine? That came up in uh, this week's last draft. Okay. Loves to tackle. L- love to tackle, yeah, because he can't get the ball. Maybe <laughs> so he's chasing. Yeah. You know, I always the love the one. Oh, but he can have. You know, he can break tackles really well. It's because he's flipping slow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not one I like. You're and, right. and utility. Yeah, it means we've got no idea where this kid can play. Actually, can he play? Yeah. And one final one: delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and it must be a really tough thing when you're at a junior level to look at kids who are 17. They're six foot three. They're monsters at that age. But once you put them in the AFL um, environment, they're back to they're, you know they're brought back to the pack. So how do you? Try and work out whether those kids... Because, I mean, obviously, Jack Watts is kind of one of the ones that you go... Mm. You know, he was a big kid. He obviously dominated when he was a junior level. But how do you pick whether or not they're going to be able to carry that through uh, an AFL career? That terminology that sticks to my mind, and I remember a bloke saying it about a certain player. looks like Tarzan plays like Jane sort of theory. Yep. Um, It's the hardest part of it. To yeah, pick, I reckon because you, you, you know, even Jack Hawkins is Tom Hawkins. Sorry, has taken a while. Early days, that's what he was. Yeah, and now he's getting there. But he was just a huge kid who was just, and, and John O'Brien was the same. But okay, okay, those guys are going on. But there's, yeah. there's plenty that you think, you know, at 17, you have to rein yourself in to go. 
Oh, geez. The hardest thing to do, I reckon. Yeah, because you have to say, he's beating kids. Yeah, now. And How's doing it really? go against yeah. the big boys? Yeah. Hardest, hardest part is to pick. That's why I suppose a bit of fear and trepidation with St Kilda with McCartan. Yep. It was like, can he, will he? Oh, geez, we hope so. And it was the right pick for them. There's no doubt about that. But You, you don't think they should have gone no. Petreka? No, not at all. No, not with what they need, yep. knowing mm. what else is coming through. And there's still question marks on Markworth, um, Spencer White, yep. he, he does exist, Spencer White. He's not a myth. Yeah. He's a real human. Um, and he could be all right. But that's the hardest thing in the world, I reckon. It's the one that causes most angst. And even over the years when I was, you know, that, that's where most time was spent at a recruiting meeting. And would cause the most conjecture where, you know, one bloke could say, oh, I love him. Another bloke's a kid, no, you, you, what? Really? I, I remember a comment about a current player. And I spoke to one of our guys, one of the Adelaide guys, come over and watched him play, said the worst kick I've ever seen, no one will go near him, will not play an AFL game because you couldn't trust him. And he's, he's improved out of sight with his kicking. So that was another thing he thought, no way would this guy ever be able to kick the footy. But now he can. Yeah, and okay. They, they haven't sort of got it right, but, I mean, he's better than what everyone thought. So with with Patrick McCartan, I mean, obviously it was a bit of a, you know, you're saying that's what's a killer needed. How much would they look into the fact that he has diabetes? Like, because uh, at a junior level you can kind of control it, but mm. if you're a backman and you're just slipping jelly beans into his mm. anus yeah. the Gatorade, during a the game. The Gatorade yeah. at the end of the game oh, too. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to be careful about for that. for him on debut. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I reckon if he has that under control, it yep. shows that he can um, deal with structure and discipline. Yeah, so okay. I'd look at it and go, well, if this kid manages diabetes, really well. He'll be able to handle the structures of getting up at 5.30, being trained on time. So you could trust him, I reckon, with saying he manages himself well enough to get to this point. Yeah, right. So I'd, I'd go the other way and say, yeah, it's like the old Robbie Gray story. You know, got up at 5 o'clock to go to the butchers. They thought, well, okay, he can handle getting up early. So they drafted him because of that. It's turned but, out all right. But yeah, you know, he did go like 55 50, or something. Yeah, 50, yep, I think close to that, 52, 53, something like that, yeah. How, how did someone like Robbie Gray, okay, good example, how do players like that slip th- so far through the cracks? Uh, Robbie was a junior basketballer and uh-huh. uh, my son played junior footy with Robbie and I'd spoke to Robbie a billion times trying to say, stop playing basketball, <laughs> concentrate on footy and have an AFL career. And Robbie was a little bit slow. Well, he's a butcher. Yep. <laughs> and had those bigger hips at that age and he wasn't... Absolutely footy focused. He had basketball in the back of his mind. And I think he was like under 16 rep, whether it was Victorian or Australian or something. He was very good. Um, so there was doubt. Didn't play a lot of games. Had some injuries as a junior. I basically couldn't walk for a few weeks because of shins and whatnot. So it scared everyone off, I think. Yeah. And um, why don't we take you back to the... Oh, actually, no, very quickly. Uh, the parents at the ground <laughs> and the like... Um, <laughs> Can they come up to and try woo you? Like, you know, look at my kid. Can I? Oh, how do they? That was the worst feeling when they were doing that. Oh, did you see that mark? Look at that mark. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, very good. You know, it was so hard, especially when you know in your own mind in your book that he's one that you think, no, nah, not a hope in the 80s. Yeah. You think, but you don't want to be cruel and say to him, Rack off, your kid can't play. Go away. That's not the way to do it. Well, I guess, too, if they're at TAC level, they've obviously got some Some skill. ability, correct. Yeah. Some. So, that, yeah, that, that must be a difficult <laughs> thing to just go, yeah, he's good, but he's not going to be as good as what we need. Exactly right. And to try to find the right thing is very difficult. I'll put myself in the same situation. How would I like it if someone said it about my son? You know? Yeah. But fearful. And they tried to talk you into it. You'd say, oh, that wasn't a bad one. Bad. No, it carried 50 metres, hit the target. You thought, well, it fell a little bit short and the guy had to dive. You know, <laughs> rose-coloured glasses with parents, I yep. suppose. Although some... No, they'd be like, oh, don't pick my son, he's flipping hopeless, can't kick it. Yeah, yeah no, you're right there, mate. Well <laughs> Good get, see you again. And how difficult is it when you're trying to pick up a player, trying to gauge a player that's been injured as a junior? Terrible, because you don't know how much it's going to come back. Yeah. And it has, it has caused issues um, with was, certain players over the years, I was suppose. Was Jack Trengove injured as a kid? Or was that an avicular no, no. issue just come up later? So that's just come up. There's yeah. one out of nowhere. And then other kids like Robbie Gray, early on, struggled. Then when he'd done the knee, first thought in my head was Sandra Rob. Yeah. Because of the shin issues and all that. No. And yet credit to the kid. He fought back and done really well. And just don't, Look, they're in the best system for having medical yes. sleep in bubbles and sleep mm. in chambers. And just. Oh, there are some people who are willing to take them to other locations and give them healthful injections. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that's a good example, Adam, by the fact, um, what's the name here? Uh, yeah. Um, Nakia? 
cockatoo. Yeah. Naki a cockatoo. Naki a cockatoo. Yeah. He only played one game this year, and I think it injured a foot. Is that right? Yeah, what a ripper of a game, eh? Get drafted a pick ten for one game. Well, but he had team. played. He had played other school footy and things like that. And the year uh-huh. before was a standout. So yeah, gotcha. I think that one game of brilliance just probably rubber stamped the year before with them. So yep. And, and then w- with um, the parents now and to the kids themselves, do they know who you are at the games? Do they wander up. Is it at all worth trying to? Become your friend, buddy you up, at least psh, become a personal relationship with you. And a few try it. And one or two blokes are absolute gems at it. Anytime mm. they'd see you, hello, Mr. Coombs, how are you? I'd say, yep. yeah, my name's Craig, by the way, but yeah, nice to meet you. And they'd be in your ear for the whole game thinking, come back a quarter time, mate, and I'll have a chat to you. Uh, but the greatest handshakers, a couple of blokes, I can't remember one kid's name for life, but I remember the other one real well. But um, you see them all the time thinking, he's done me, now he's going to the West Coast bloke. And you watch, <laughs> <laughs> he'll go to the Carlton bloke, he'll go to the... Like clockwork. Yeah, wow. Clockwork. And, look, I suppose each their own. I used to find it a tad frustrating because I think, doesn't matter how good you are, nice you are to me, mate, if you can't play them, not, yeah. not putting you up. And that was the Port Adelaide mandate. Don't care how nice they are, we have a rule and this is what we're looking at, the Pelicans daisy chain, and it, that's, that's how it was. Where do you um, look at, uh, like... Um, I guess, like, the Hawthorne way became really aggressive and angry and stuff. Do you look for that in a player that's got a bit of uh, mongrel about them at a, at a young age? Yep. I uh, working for Port Adelaide, and I remember ringing Pelkin going, I've got one. Uh, is in the goal square, and um, <laughs> the ball was probably 50 metres away, and the defender was sort of niggling. He just belted him. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's Port Adelaide through and through. Not quite, but I thought I liked how... And he was a bottom-age kid yeah. against an older kid. And I thought, OK, we like the fact that he's not scared. Yep. Stood up for himself. He didn't king hit the bloke, but he gave it back to say, don't do that to me while the ball's a long way away. Port ended up drafting him too, so he could play. But we like the fact that... Well, I like the fact that... He stood you know, up for himself. Yeah, and I thought, well, he will then probably should... At next level, yep. if one of the bullies tried to get him, this kid will give it back. And he, he, yeah. he just had that look in him that when he belted the bike, he sort of had that look on his face of, yeah, yeah. Well, that, it was Brent Guerra. Yeah, okay. He was playing at Better Go Pioneers. Yeah, That's gotcha. the reason uh, Barry Hall got drafted to St Kilda, because <laughs> the recruiter was too scared to not draft <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, or his mum was good looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so who were some of the people from Port Adelaide that, you know, you, you're really happy that you got them? You know, the little... Stories that you can. Who say. did you get? Who did you notice uh, and put to Chris Pelican and just go? Yep, this is the one. I, I it was say. really all a team effort that everyone sort of done it, and everyone had to see these players. But yeah, one right. year we were given, uh, they tried a little bit different system at the championships. You were given a team to concentrate on. Yep. So for every game, it was your team. You had to do the reports, and you had the greatest say. Not yep. that you had the final, but if you were hot on someone, that you really pushed it really hard and then of course you know Chris and them would do the final work yep. but the one at Port Adelaide that I'm, I was pleased about was Sean Burgoyne wow. um, he played in, in one game out at Opsoville out on a wing, never forget it and he really didn't have a great carnival I wouldn't think but there was a pack forming and he looked back and I'm sure he thought they're all going to crash into each other here he let them go and just stood out the back or, or run to the pack and then run away from the pack. They all did hit, hit each other. They all fell over. The ball fell in his lap half forward and he just drilled it through the full forward. And I thought, you, young man, are very, very clever. Yeah. And he summed it up so well. And I, I pushed pretty hard. I, I think we were keen on him anyway. Yeah, but I think yeah. that was the, the last bit that they went, yeah, I remember saying, look at the vision. Let's go and look at it, look at it, look at it. They're like, oh, he only had, I think it was nine possessions for the game. wasn't great. Go, but watch this. And thankfully he fell through at our pick and got him. So, yeah. And were there any uh, that you looked at and remember thinking, ah, oh, this guy won't make it, and then they've gone on to have a pretty decent career? Oh, mate, I've got a book at home where I sometimes bring <laughs> my book out going, you know, I was out of my bloke was top 10 called Robert Cheevers years and years ago. Uh, yeah, got that one wrong. <laughs> Big time. And then other blokes who I thought, yeah, look, Ro- even though Robbie was a friend of the family and I knew Robbie, I did not think he'd get to this level. Yep. To be, I thought he'd be a good player, but not to what he'd done last year, especially after the injury. I thought, yeah, no. Nah. You know, and I suppose... But any players you didn't rate that have become... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jets? Well, not a Jet, but Chris Dawes. Okay. One couldn't, you know, I was scared he'd kick it into his forehead sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously thought. <laughs> Lovely bloke. Yeah. Smart kid. Too nice. Yep. Absolutely. And that, yeah. I think that was part of the Port Adelaide problem. He does not fit what we need. We can't see him doing that. Plus, he could kick it into his forehead. But he's yeah. improved that. And I, I, when he got drafted, I honestly thought, you won't play a league game, mate. So, wrong. 
He's done well for himself. There are a couple of those players who you do think you, someone needs to take them aside and say, you are six and a half foot tall, you're 105 kilos, yeah. you are a frightening human being, yeah. now go out and do it. Like I think, like you talk about uh, Tom Hawkins. I think Ruffy had a little bit of that at the start. I reckon uh, very much so. Just need to be told. Took him out of Gippsland, mate. I think yeah. I don't know who got to him at Hawthorne, yeah. but because I saw him play at Gippsland, and I'll never forget that first recruiting meeting because guys had come in. So you know, Adam, you, you might have been designated Gippsland. The very first meeting year you come in, okay, you seen anyone? Adam says, "Yep, Jared Ruffhead." And I remember everyone saying, oh, "That's not nice." I go, "No, no, no." That's his name. <laughs> oh, and, and he matches it. And I was like, ha, ha. and then I went down and I remember, remember the next meeting go, yeah, he does. But he was fairly timid and, and wouldn't kill him there. Yeah. And then I remember when he sort of improved, I thought someone's shaken him up and said exactly what you did. Yeah. Kill them. You're able to. Yeah, you're well, bigger and better. He also, you become a man, you know, you grow into your yeah, body, you, you realise what you're capable of. Yeah, yeah. And you're playing against older guys who are trying to smash you week in, week out. Yeah, verbally. I think that gets missed a lot. And I know they all try okay. to say, no, 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 what a load of rubbish. I know, Michael, you'll hear a story or two in the next day or two, I'm sure, yeah. that someone will give you some very good inside information about what goes on. Some wonderful stories, some very funny stuff that I wish, I actually wish they'd open up a bit more and tell everyone yeah. because there are some funny sledges that go on. Not the, There's no racist stuff anymore. It just does not happen. Yeah. They've had it drilled into them. Fantastic. But the funny stuff still does happen. It really does. Because Wayne Carey used to say, how, how dare you? Who's this guy? Someone get me a footy record. He, he did. That is a true story. Yeah. He, and then another one he said to the bloke, yeah, but, um, can someone ring your mum and dad to make sure you got the beater on because you're going to be on a lot of highlights tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's, that's true. It's absolutely true. Um, and as I said, a few current ones are absolute rippers. And they've some funny guys out there yeah. in the heat of the battle. Yeah. They still... And I just wish they'd let the public know how much fun they still do have rather than just the machine sort of stuff. Yeah. Because they do. It's a great sledging. Great sledging. Um, and also when we get back to the meeting of uh, the, the, the decision, so you put the yep. players forward, who is making the final call? Yeah, yep, that was Chris and Alan at Port. Yeah. Alan Stewart and Chris Pelkin because they, they, you know, that was their job. Yep. And you'd go with them. Never had an argument. Um so can Mark Williams override that? No. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> Choco tried. Yeah. And, and that was an issue early days where they had to sort of say to him, we are putting, you know, we had six guys putting a 1,000 man hours in here, mate. You'd come to championships and see a game. And I can remember a player kicked seven in a final at TAC and we hadn't, didn't have him in our top 100. And we were told, why have you missed this guy? Because he hasn't had a kick all year, mate. Yeah, sure. Oh, I want him. You, you can't have missed this guy. And when Port ended up taking him, rooking him, and never got a game. And I think from that point in time, Choco was like, yep, all right, I'll do mine, you do Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I would think outside people would assume that it's, uh, you know, the recruiting officers do their bit, but the coach would have the ultimate mm. say. But the recruiters put together the list, don't Not they? Not a good club. And that's why Graham Wright's done so well and, and Geelong with Stephen Wells because they, they know they spent thousands of hours. Yeah, yeah. And the amount of tape they watch, geez. But what about like at Hawthorne where they went with left footers as, as a, di- a directive because they're more precision, more precise with their kicks? Where, where, where would that come from? Uh, that, that was certainly the Pelican model. Yep. In, in conjunction, obviously, with Graham Wright and, and the team. But not it, from Clarko? Um, I don't know that for sure, to be yep. honest, but I, I I don't think so. I think That's incredible. I think the recruiting, got, like Chris and, and Wrighty would have said, it gives you a greater option then because most people are conditioned to right, 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 right. Yep. And then if you've got a left, two lefties and a right stuck in there, you've got ways out. And I think it might have then been, okay, this you know that might have been put to them. This is how we can break this zone or whatever. With not just good kicks, yeah. great kicks. Great kicks. So what's so basically like? what you're saying is Clarko's shit house <laughs> puppet. Yeah, he's a puppet. That's exactly well, what it is. Uh, that was Michael Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, I've got his actress too. Clarko. So take us to 2004 Grand Final, the night oh. of the Grand Final. Yep. Um, you're at the game. Yes, I was. Uh, you're at the celebrations. Did you tell Choco to do the uh, yeah. you know, the choking the thing with the tie? Was that your call? No way. Right. <laughs> no one tells Choco to do anything. Yeah. What's the satisfaction like when you've put together a team that won the flag? And that's the greatest thing. When that, I was with a friend of mine at the time. We were sitting up the top, the southern stand. Um, up the top. Jesus. Yep. Thank for the night before we were told that we were getting tickets because the AFL graciously gave us some as recruiting staff. We had to wait. Really? So the AFL hold the tickets, not the clubs. That's what people, you know, say, oh, can you get me tickets? You go, no. Oh, but you work there. Uh, no, the AFL run this, not the clubs. Uh, so we were AFL. told the night before, and I had a mate of mine from Adelaide who was a Port fan, and my, my own son graciously gave up coming with me 
So my mate could go. Yep. And we went, top of the southern stand, the siren went and I sat down and my mate was screaming. He goes, you should be happy. I said, I'm relieved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was the relief and satisfaction more than anything. I'm thinking, you know, because the previous three years we'd yeah. been close and failed. And, you, and look, to be totally honest, in the back of your mind, you think, it's my job. You know, is it riskier? Yeah. So I actually thought, win the premiership, well, I'll get my job again next year. So with all the recruiting staff, and that makes us happy because it's what you like doing. So, And I remember going in the rooms um, and I went straight to Pelks and just said, thank you for, you know, having a bit of faith in me seven years ago. And this is, you know, a dream that I uh, never thought would be possible. Thank you very much. And the club were amazing to us all. We all got little cup replicas and... It's just a great feeling when you look at it. Even yesterday, I was looking at it yesterday and seeing the name of the team and then they inscribed, you know, our names on it, mm. which was really awesome. So it was relief. Oh, and then, fantastic. Then yeah. did you start prank calling Alan Scott and telling him? <laughs> 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 you fucked up, Scotty. <laughs> my, my, brother, my brother lives in... Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. He, he lives in London and he won, like, the office temp in bowling competition mm-hmm. and he held up the cup, little trophy when he went, Alan Scott, you were wrong. And then he realised, I'm on the other side. Yeah, no one knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. So, okay, you've done that uh, at Port Adelaide. Then you go to Hawthorne as the opposition assessment yep. coach. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the guys in the team. Yeah, there's a few. There's uh, three, I think. So that was at uh, AFL level. You'd go watch. Would you watch like um, the week ahead their Correct. opposition? Yep, and it'd be um, if um, Hawthorne were playing North Melbourne, I'd go and watch their VFL side as well. So uh-huh. the week before, I'd watch their VFL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two weeks out, the AFL side. The week before, the VFL team mm-hmm. to think who might come in, and then I'd go to training and watch North Melbourne train. Try to find them training. Right, so <laughs> by this stage, you are not allowed to be at all known what your role is. Correct, and the great thing is when Pelks went across to Hawthorne and asked me to come across, reason why I left Port Adelaide was my son was entering the TAC system, Yep, and I thought, I don't want to be... So it looked like a legitimate reason for you to get out? Yeah, well, and I, I actually got out because and said, I'm, I'm done, because I don't want... No, you don't have to lie to us anymore, it's fine, <laughs> I can understand. No, got out because I didn't want to be... Um, One of those parents... Yeah, and yeah, and to be told, and then other people think if my son got picked, oh, yeah. it's only because he's old man, and so I left. Yeah, and then Pelk's got to Hawthorne and said, "Well, I'll give you a totally different role. Where it's got nothing to do with recruiting." And he said, "How about do some opposition assessment?" So, uh, what was the pressure on that? Like, I mean, this is when great fun. Uh, Hawthorne. What's that? Great fun. It was great fun. Yeah. So obviously, this is when Hawthorne were just rebuilding the beginning Building of the rebuild. Up, yeah. Yep, and that was the right time to get in. Yeah. And I was teaching at the time, so I had part time hours throughout the week. I could duck out whilst I was marking assignments, <laughs> or I could get. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Um, I, I got a call from Pelks one day, and I was teaching Marabin and um, St Kilda training. Yeah. I was like, oh, geez, I'm right in the middle of a lecture here, and I went. He said, so important, we can't get anyone. Okay. Made two of the students go. I said to him, <laughs> call two, two of the footy nuts. I said, you want to do a job for me? What? Go down to Moorabbin because they knew a bit about footy. I need to see what 25 are on the training track. I just need that reporter back to me. So I let them leave class. Oh, that's fantastic. Go down to Linton awesome. Street. What a teacher. They come yeah. running back. <laughs> and then I rang Pelk and got it and he was pretty happy at the point in time. So, yeah, good fun. But it was great. It was great to get in then because being the recruiter, They'd only seen me, the recruiting guys had only seen me weekends. So my face was not known. Yeah. So I could do, you know, I took my dad sometimes with me because old bloke, yeah. stand inside the ground, yep. didn't look suspicious. You know, one lady come over, oh, there's no one going to train here. Go down camp to something, the old boy out in the sun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then we knew that St Kilda were going to be training. Well, we had good info. And because at Linton Street there, once you're in, because at Pokies, you know, they've got a Pokies oh, venue. Oh, yeah. So we just wandered out the front. Yeah. And this lady was like, oh, no one's training. I said, it's all right, fresh air. And once we're in, thought, we're not trespassing. We just waited and waited. I remember ringing Pelks going, are you sure? And he goes, oh, we're pretty sure. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom. Sound of kicking footies. And out come a few of the Saints. We just sat right on the fence. I had my phone because right on the fence line, um, St Kilda Ruck coach, can't remember his name. They were talking. I rang Pelkin, left the phone on and said, I hope you can hear this. And they did. And they were talking about the way to be put Adelaide at the time. Dude, was, was, wow. Was dropping a player, Port were going to drop a Ruckman back, who at the time they thought was... Uh, Brendan Laid and Port ended up doing it with Brogan, swung it completely around and stuffed St Kilda up. So it was great fun getting in and do some of that. 
That's fantastic. So teams are actively trying to avoid people like you. So yeah. training at you know odd times or yeah, I'd get a mate to ring up to say mm-hmm. oh, I'm down from the country, blah blah blah, and then I'd get a mate's wife to ring up, and Dave. invariably they would tell the women the time closest to the thing because it'd be an hour out sometimes. Invariably, I ring my mate and say Pete, you told me ten, Nick, you told me nine. So I'd say, I'll go at eight. And then sure enough, around about nine, they'd come out. No way. Yeah, the, the secret session was the hardest to get. Yeah. It just had to be inside info, hopefully. And look, Arden Street was easy. Mm. Yeah, because open, open area. Open. Did you ever get told to, like, fuck off? Uh, yeah. Essendon uh, was sitting up in the stands there with Ross Smith. Yep. And obviously Ross is well known. Yeah. Just sitting next to him. And Sheedy just walked out and just went... Uh, so who's he? Pointed me and Ross goes, no idea. He said, so out of the whole grandstand that's totally vacant, you decided <laughs> to sit next to this bloke you don't know. And Ross Smith went, yep. Then a bloke come out, I kid you not, it's absolute true, come out, stood in front of me with a camera and took my photo. And I said, what's that? And he goes, well, now they'll pin it up. Next time they see you, they'll get out. Sheedy, to his credit, said, Ross, this is what we're doing. Write down all the drills. Said, you, you go, because we'll do that, I promise you. Uh, would you like anything to eat or drink? We said, we'll have a hot dog and a coffee. They brought us a hot dog and a coffee. And they were doing the exact flipping drill. She did look up as if to say... Yep, here it is. We told, told you. you. And, and done exactly what. And at the end, just gave a wave. The next time I tried to go, um, found the secret session. I was down the far end of um, Windy Hill, yep. if you know the ground. Yeah, I do. In the corner. <laughs> These blokes just turned up and he went... Nah, out. I was, oh. <laughs> so I had to go out the fence... And I was trying to peer through just to get numbers. And yeah, yeah. So kangaroos were helpful. They used to put the nicknames of the players on the jumper for you, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> which was and and you know um, Warren was a bloke called Warren had white hair, called him Milky. I thought, yeah, fair enough, pretty easy. Um, and they tried to trick you sometimes when they'd swap the jumper over. And I remember Melbourne done it one day, and I thought, well, I'm not that stupid. Stephen Tingay with um, Scott Chisholm. <laughs> You're going to be onto it. Mm, got that one. Yeah, than that. So then they talk about. Um, Waverley, Hawthorne's home base Waverley is yep. out in the open. In fact, I think it was a Melbourne spy like yourself who would dress up like a construction worker. Yeah, yes, correct. head into, into yeah. the building. Don't well, because they wanted to keep it under a 20-goal loss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a construction worker and then there was a Collingwood recruiter. He was dressed as a uh, bikey and yep. then a policeman. <laughs> and, uh, and an Indian, Indian. chief. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they talk about they want to get another ground so they can have the closer. Is it really that important? That, that yeah. Or is it just to get eke out that extra 5%? Yeah, I reckon the five because they do yeah. so much planning. The rumours are that um, someone got into one of the houses yeah. and knew and offered the person who owned the house, you know, X amount of dollars for us to sit on your balcony and watch training. Yep. I mean, you know, Hawthorne do own a couple of those properties anyway for the players, but it's pretty hard out there. But I think it's probably just that last little bit because there's so much work and prep that they've done anyway, um, the the final set. But they all want to do it. (laughs) They're all animate. They've got to get this final, final set. And it's probably probably some kick-out patterns and things like that, setting different guys up. It's probably the only one. And I would imagine, too, when the Hawks were starting up with the rolling zone, they would have wanted to keep that under wraps as much as they could. That that was... Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably bigger than the Cairns, yeah. Yeah, just just because it had never been seen before, so you don't want to give it away, you know, to some... To someone just watching, you, right. know, you want it to be exposed on the on the on the day. Yeah, for catch people by to surprise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So you would go and watch the training, do you write up a report or something yep. like that. Absolutely on the spot, and always used to um, try to write out what drills they were doing mm-hmm. and what player was involved in what drill. Mm-hmm. Kangaroos done like a four man forward setup once, and they'd done it for the whole week. And I had certain players in, and I remember turning the game on, sitting with my dad, and I was as nervous as anything. He said, "What's wrong?" I said. A whole week I've been spruiking this four-man setup. If they don't do this, you know, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm panicking. And when they tossed the coin, they ran in position. And I just went, oh, thank God for that. And Hawthorne won. And at the end of the game, I got uh, two phone calls. Uh, it was when Hardwick was there, Dimmer called. And then Clarko, um, later that night, said, thanks, mate, good stuff, well done. Yep. So, whoo you beauty. That's great. It was. Hawthorne, it, brilliant at that. If you do something over and above or something you get, they straight onto you. No text rubbish, they yeah. can call you. And you wouldn't, so like, thank you. you'd never be in, like, the captain's boot just going, he's going to call heads. <laughs> I really get into them. <laughs> oh, no, I should have done it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, they've been practicing head. heads all week. Yeah. Yeah. So, where does your football heart lie now? Oh, jeez. Yeah. This is a real tough one because I actually barracked for Richmond for. Uh, we moved to Melbourne in 71. So, I started barracking for Richmond in 71 until 97. I got the job at Port Adelaide and then all my allegiance went out the door and I worked, worked for Port Adelaide. So, I barracked for them. 
when I left Port, I obviously started bank for Hawthorne. And then when I finished at Hawthorne, um, I, I currently have an illness and I thought, well, I started as a tiger, so I probably should finish as one. Mm-hmm. All my mates are saying, yes, you need to. Um, but soft spot... F- I went back for Hawthorne as well because there's still two or three guys there that, or one in particular that I will claim as mine, that I found him and he got picked at Hawthorne and another one, pretty close friends now. So And then uh, Port Adelaide would be third because there's still a couple of connections with a couple of players. Mm-hmm. But And my second son, I like to call him my second son, Matty Thomas is at Richmond now, which is one of the greatest feelings ever to see him pull that Richmond jumper on, being a very close family friend. And um, I got him to Port and when I got him to Port, um, I've become friends with the family, so great feeling. So it's Richmond, a, a school stanth in front of the Hawks, and then uh, Port. I think it's actually very sad to hear that you <laughs> bag for Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, it's just it's, it's probably all three. My mates at the start, you, you can't bag for three. Oh, well, I can. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I have that can. Richmond thing with Matt, and then the Hawthorne thing with Puyopolo and Chowie and and Suckers, and then the Port thing. Um, you know, Kane Corns, Robbie Gray, still there. And, and <laughs> now, do you still pay attention to the to the draft? Oh, you have a bit of an eye on it. Absolutely. You, it's just, it? it's, you can't get it out of you once you yeah. start. Yeah. Well, let's run. Can we run through the top ten yep. with you? Yeah. And so yeah. obviously, the, the Saints took Patrick McCartan, and you think that was the best thing for had, them to do? Had to pick. If they didn't do it, um, my opinion, and yeah, wrong. They they need a forward. I mean, Rewalt they, they want that Rewalt repl- replacement, don't they? And Is how long do you sign for? Two more. Yeah. Two more. Yeah. Right. Two years of. Um, Tutelage from him. Yeah, apprenticeship. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, well if... if, if <laughs> two years of, of listening to Nick Rewalt. There we go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Remember that good leader? Ah, <laughs> uh, good leader. Righto. <laughs> I heard that about Warren Treadray, old no, no mates. Mate, love him. I, Outstanding I, human being. I had heard a story, and you can maybe debunk this, was, uh, maybe when they were in Brisbane or something, he wouldn't allow the players to go out after a win. He said everyone there was like a curfew, a 10 o'clock curfew or something? Wouldn't surprise me. Um, great thing. Great. If, especially if it was 2004. Yeah. <laughs> uh, outstanding human being, Warren. Yeah, right. A wonderful and much by his teammates? Absolutely. And okay. And just some of those things about him being aloof and all that, no way. Really? Totally. I don't know. Look, sometimes clubs will throw things out, and I remember the Josh Franco situation a few years back yep. where you know he went into the Port Adelaide throwing chairs about how dare you trade me and was like hang on we didn't do that Brisbane threw that out there to upset him to try to facilitate the trade so clubs throw out what they want to upset the right people it was wow. other clubs digging the tread race stuff not Port outstanding man outstanding man Okay. Yeah. No. No. In the last two years, actually, in grand final week, it's actually been Hawthorne thrown out the rumour that Clarko's going to another club. <laughs> <laughs> they hired Andrew Jarman to do yeah. that. Yeah. Other clubs start that just, yeah, gotcha. to, just to rattle them. You yeah. would, wouldn't you? Why not? You, you could do everything you can. Yeah. And look, I know from, obviously, friendships and within, certain things they want out. Yeah. So they're quite happy for you to tell some of this and that mm-hmm. as a blind and to get the trail off. Yeah. And um, then there's other things which obviously that I know that I don't tell anyone. Mm. Um, but there are other things that I'm told that I'm told freely let it go. Yeah. And I pick and choose. Uh, anything I'm told in confidence won't, won't yeah. ever, won't ever get out. No, no way. All right. So picks two and three went to Melbourne. They picked uh, Christian Petraka, who was obviously, sounds like clearly the best midfielder in the, in well, the draft. Start of the year, no. Could have come from about 10 or 15. It was around about where he was thought and then came up because championships and great. And, okay. And again, big body inside mid. Yes, Melbourne need him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Angus Brayshaw. Same, same, same mould. Could, could have went one, you know. I mean, there was discussion. Yeah, right. It really was. Uh, the number four was Jared Pickett. Yeah, well, they need that sort of class, speed, um, finishing G- stuff. For GWS, d- yeah. D- just a no-brainer with him too, I reckon. Okay, and then uh, Collingwood, who basically got this for uh, Dame Beams, went with Jordan Dugowie. Yeah, I mean, great pick for them. I think I'd, it was a no-brainer again. He's what they needed. Um, losing Beams, losing a bit of Varco pace as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, top up. <laughs> Good Okay, get. then the next two were for the Giants, and they went with uh, Caleb Marchbank. It's yeah. a pity we've got a Caleb in the, in the system now. <laughs> Mate, there's so many great names. Uh, a very <laughs> funny comedian called Richard Marks should have 10 years' worth of material off all these fr- first Coming names. Up. And that's for a dude called Richard Marks too. <laughs> <laughs> no diesel in there, but yeah. uh, Caleb and some of these names, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> yeah. So they, they basically replaced, I suppose they lost Tom Boyd and Christian Jack, so they've gone with a 193 centimetre defender. Uh, are you, do you work for someone? 
I just, I just love Mate, my footy. Brilliant. Absolutely what they would have been saying in yeah. their room. It's because, again, and drafting is done like that. And that, that's exactly how they then look forward and go, this has happened, so this needs to be. Yep. This is the Pelka mold where he used to say to us, don't break the daisy chain. You know, if you've got a good halfback line, still top it up. Yep. Don't just go, oh, geez, that's good. That's why Hawthorne, we were saying the other night, they've yep. got Teraya, Litherland, all these guys. Yep. And if something happens, they slot back in, they still win games. Yeah. Uh, pick eight was yep. um, Gold Coast. I was a bit surprised by this. A 203-centimetre ruckman. Uh, can kick goals, though. Um Early in the year, I reckon he was probably touted as the one, as number one pick. He was he right. was mentioned. So he's probably drifted. would have been probably would have been right one, a carton two. Yeah. Um, and then I, I suppose with a couple of the other guys jumping up, someone always gets forced backwards. Yes. And it tends to be the bigger blokes because, you know, they think oh we'll snag one somewhere. But he's a goal kicker too. So okay. and Gold Coast need that I reckon with their. And then Collingwood got Darcy Moore next with Jeez. the father and son. Lovely get. If he was open slather, he, he could have gone one. Really? Is that, he's yeah, going to be I rec- that good? I reckon he's got that athletic body. I look at him and think, you look like a footballer. Yeah. You, you just have everything right. So yeah, him and Isaac Heaney, if they were open, could have gone. Just yeah. slightly, wow. just interject for a second. So does that mean father-son have changed the rules a little bit? But would mm. someone like a Gary Ablett, would he have gone number one? Would he have gone no. top five, top no. ten? Uh, well, yeah, top ten, but not one. Yeah, well, not that year when he was playing. So uh-huh. I mean, watching him play plenty, but thinking not number one. Uh-huh. No, and the rules, you're right. They change them all the time. They're probably going to do it again. Yeah, and there's some more changes coming, which I can tell you if you want to know after this. Oh, I think it's a good idea that you have to like you know getting Ablett and Hawkins and stuff for round three picks is a bit ridiculous. Like I think it's a good thing that you have to actually pay the, the bidding system. Yeah, the yeah. going the going price yeah. for a, you know a gun player or I'm potentially only gun player. The world that has the father son rule. I know uh, it's, it's it is strange, isn't it? Like, like, I mean, it's, it is it is nice, but also it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's a, homely, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a tough one. I sort of thought, would I like to play at the club my dad did? Because if he was such a gun, it's a the pressure it? on me. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I say. I feel sorry for my son all the time. But um, Yeah. Now, Richard Tamling Jr. is <laughs> of the same thing. <laughs> How's he going to go? <laughs> yeah. Great. But you were He's already about, doing better. We were talking about Tamling the other day, and you were talking about a player that you saw who... <laughs> Made Tamerlan look second rate, Aboriginal yeah. kid up there who um, I nearly had his name the other night. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. uh, super gun, but as we were talking about, big lifestyle change, yeah, and just wasn't interested. But Tamerlan was the right pick for those two years leading up to it. Seeing him at under 16s, under 17, you're thinking, hurry up, hurry up, get to your draft year, mate. You're going to cut him right. up. But your theory before about the big men, I think maybe just because he had that electric speed and whatnot, yep. he had that class on. Lesser bodied blokes. Yep. Yep. Bigger blokes when they tackle, they're going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids, you know, you get through tackles. You think, geez, look at that. Probably in hindsight, you probably should have went, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe we'll go buddy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I remember the talk around Franklin, a bit like, you know, some of the. Um, Was he a bit loose? Discussions around him. No, a bit of Chamberlain-esque sort of stuff about him. We talked about that the other night. Oh, what was that? That was... was, Oh, fearful of of becoming successful, grabbing all the money and running away to Sydney. Is that that what's going to happen with you in the the future, is it? (laughs) But he just had the class. Yeah. Chamberlain-esque. We'll get into the recruiting vernacular soon. And obviously rounding out the top ten, we talked about him before, Nakia Cockatoo, who went to Geelong. Now, what do you think of uh, Carlton's pick at number 19? He's a 21-year-old from Carlton. Can you have you got the uh, tweet there, Michael? <laughs> it's oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. Guess he's up. He tweeted in round seven. So Blaine Bokhorst, yeah, yeah, uh, tweeted. And I was uh, at this game. Carlton were absolutely pathetic. <laughs> How can Carlton kick one goals, five points in a half? Disgusting display of footy. The whole Carlton team need to go, or oh. Mick does. And now he's going to show up. Um, Imagine that first day. G'day, fellas. <laughs> I mean, he was right about some of the team, and some of them have gone. But uh, that's a tough thing to walk into because a lot of them are still there, and the coach is still there. In his defence, most of the Carlton players were tweeting the same stuff <laughs> while they were playing. Yeah. Half time, they already tweeted it. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, head between legs. I think, I think Mick will call him in the office, wouldn't he? Mm. You would Just think say, so. Can we have a chat there. Yeah, Blaine, is it? Blaine, definitely. Blaine. Blaine. That's our second Blaine on our list too, by the way. And so, by that logic, I imagine he is a Carlton fan. Um, yeah, I think so. I reckon he'll be off Twitter. Um, when do they go in? Monday? I reckon his yeah. Twitter account will be closed Monday. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He d- apparently he deleted that. That's a screenshot from a long oh. time ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I reckon he'll delete his Twitter account. He's yeah. going through recruits' tweets. I mean, actually, no, that, oh. you would do that, wouldn't you? Oh, did you? Go through but, uh, social media. I know a lot of clubs are told off, no, don't get yeah. off it. 
Don't do it. Facebook. Um, yep. Snapchat. Told. Josh Bootsman. That was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't think you'd see any player on that. No, you would hope not. Uh, you would no, hope not. and I would th- just get it out at a nightclub. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but don't, yeah. don't, don't. Very, very big that they look back at that. Send a very, dra- very send big. a drawing. Yeah. Not a, fish. <laughs> a charcoal rendering. Yeah. They do it. They do it down in Swanson <laughs> Street. Just go get your penis rendered, um, and it's fine. I suppose we'll wrap it up shortly. But I was just going to say, are players do they want to go to a particular club, or are they just happy to go no. and play? Nowadays, <laughs> you get a Guernsey, you get a Guernsey. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter where. It's, if it's a dream, I look, and I'm sure in the back of some guys' heads. It, it, you could see them sort of get drafted and thinking, they're thinking, oh, jeez, you know, two years and I'll be out. And some players, well, back in the older days, it was known a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And blokes, um, let's see, I was playing possum or, or something like that, I think. Yes. Yeah, you know, walk into recruiting meeting. I heard one guy once had the legs sticking out, his arms folded when two head recruiters walked in. Now, uh, the proper etiquette is to stand and shake their hand and, and whatnot. And this guy didn't budge out his seat with arms folded. The alarm bells were straight off going, you obviously don't want us to pick you, so you're trying. Now, the problem then becomes, do you let him have his way or do you pick a sook? Yeah. And it becomes really tough because, as you said before about investing, mm. so you sign a guy for two years, going to cost you oh, close to half a million dollars for someone who, re- who you know right now does not want to beat your club. And then, you know, back of the mind is, oh, our development now thing will turn him around. Some guys you just can't. And, and then this guy gets through to pick five, I think it was this year, and the club are picked and goes, geez, we can't believe he was there. Well, that's because he was a pig to every other club mm. and deliberately threw you all off. That's why. And he got through to where he wanted. Yeah, I've right. heard a story about a player a few years ago who they said, you know, what do you do on the weekends? Like, oh, I'm drinking, partying, <laughs> hanging out, and then goes to the club that he wants to go to and says, oh, I'm in bed by yeah. 10, you know. True. True. And then um, the uh, same player. Where do you think you'll see yourself in five or ten years with the question? Oh, I'll be a plumber or something like that. Yeah. It's like, wrong answer. And look, now there is a correct answer booklet, which, you know, I, I, I certainly knew the answers they were asking for. The old, you know, the ball in the middle. Yeah. And do what you got to do to get the footy. You know, would you cheat or would you do it the fair way? And it's a tough thing for a kid to answer. So, well... Cheat. Are you Obviously, cheat. cheat. Yeah. <laughs> do, why wouldn't you cheat? Correct. Do everything you can to get the footy. <laughs> so, exactly what they want to hear. So, yeah. are you Adrian Dodoro? Is that him asking in that question? Oh no, no, it wasn't here. <laughs> See, <laughs> and a recruiter. Yeah, cheat. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Jab me up, whatever I need. And just in the future of the draft, you mentioned uh, talk about the possibility of the American system of future picks coming yeah, into play? Not, not possibility. That'll happen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just waiting to see when they get on answer. It'd be mm-hmm. very soon. Probably after the rookie draft, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, future trades. It's, it's going to happen. So you'll be able to trade in for the next two or three years out. Hopefully, uh, they won't do it as far as the American system with coaches, but only with players. So um, this will help the smart clubs even more because, you know, this model's been floated for 10 years. So the guys who put the model together, did you want them working at your club because they know it inside out and they'll know how to use it to the best of its ability. And I actually think it'll be the right thing to do because instead of then trying to force all this stuff for this year and the trade's falling over because it's like, oh, we couldn't get it done, blah, blah, blah. If you throw next year a pick in, I reckon the trade period would go bang, 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 go, yep, you know, you can have our first round pick this year and our second round pick next year, done. I reckon the deals will come that quick and stop all the rubbish. And free agency, is that good for the game? Uh, it's, well, it's good for the players, maybe. Yeah, and it's changing anyway. So they'll mm-hmm. change the model again after the uh, rookie draft, I would expect. Yep. Because um, every unrestricted free agent has got his way. Mm. Yes. That's not how it was supposed to work, was it? Yeah. It was supposed to be a negotiation tool, which means I negotiate myself out of here. So I think that'll be changed. I don't know exactly if they'll do a year, year thing or, or how, but it will be changed. Don't worry about that. Well, Craig, thanks so much for your time. It's been absolutely fascinating. Yeah, genuinely the, fascinating. Yeah, the insight into a recruiter and the opposition assessment has just been unbelievable. So I really appreciate Tom. No the one thing that we did want to touch on that wasn't anything to do with recruiting or a- anything, uh, Collingwood, uh, <laughs> Collingwood want their own home ground. Uh, their own stadium. Well, I thought they had one. I thought that was Barwon Prison. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you reckon? I mean, fuck, is there anything they don't want? Like, where are they going to put it? What, how many is it going to hold? That would be the interesting point. Where do, you, where do you build something like that? How big do you make it? Why don't they just can't. redo Victoria Park? Is that what they... Uh, it's probably what they'll have to do. That's because where, not a bad where idea. can they put anything else? They can't. They'll yeah. have to turn it into a boutique stadium. But the problem is they've got too many supporters to have a boutique stadium. Yeah, and then you're going to be playing against the bigger clubs at the MCG anyway, which is I, the home ground. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if it can. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. You just... Fuck, would you want to go there? Imagine no. going there. You'd no. want to be in, like... Uh, 
high density perspex, <laughs> yeah, like bulletproof yeah. shit, like anything that just can't be urinated on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Build it on an island so we know where the Collingwood <laughs> fans are. <laughs> Alcatraz, Tasmania. <laughs> oh yes, the nineteenth team or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. good uh, idea. It's a penal. Move column. them out. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Craig. It's very, very interesting. Uh, junk Time, we are Junk Time AFL Pod at Gmail. Uh, we're Junk Time AFL Pod on Twitter and Facebook. We're going to pop in again, I'm sure, over the next couple of weeks to have a bit more of a chat about the life and times of footy. Is things change? Yes, of course we will. Thank you very much, Adam, for joining us. And thank you very much to Craig Coombs. No worries. Cheers, boys. See you, guys. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 